Orale, bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FP podcast. This is your host Jorge Martin. Muchas gracias for joining us, familia. Oh, I mean, we're on YouTube. Please make sure, por favor, por favor, give us a like and subscribe. Really appreciate it. Our numbers are growing since since we started this NFL Insider Series. Everybody's coming back and and they're bringing along friends with them because they know the great content and the great information that we're getting from these NFL insiders. I mean, oh, it's just fantastic. Uh, also want to make sure when you go to underdogfantasy.com, use that promo code FAMILIA23, FAMILIA23, if you want to do it in Spanish, and we're going to match you the first $100. So you get you put in $100, you're going to get an extra $100 on top of that playing best ball, doing fantasy drafts basically between now and all the way till kickoff in September. You can keep doing them. It's going to be great practice for you for when redraft season comes along. And hey, you might even win some money. There's best ball mania out there. There's puppies, poodles, Dalmatians. I mean, whatever you want to call it, Pomeranians are coming. Everything that has to do with the dog, hey, make sure to get in there with underdog, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a blast. I've been having a blast since the NFL draft, and uh, we're gonna have a blast right now because Familia just in a couple minutes of talking with this this man right before uh, I I already I already I already become an even bigger fan than than before i mean we're joined by james boyd from the athletic i mean just uh you know what this is this has been fantastic zach Kiefer was uh was our guest the, the past couple of years and uh you know he's moved he's moved on to be a national writer james said hey man i'm coming in, i'm coming in to uh take take over he's taking over the beat he's going to take over with us and familia fp and at familia i just want i want you to know make make sure to give him a follow one of the best handles, Romeoville Kid. I mean, and so he's true and true. Also, make sure to go back and read some of his uh, past stuff, especially his first article that he did uh, when he joined the beat, talking about talking about his father at that point. And speaking of fathers, his Forrest Buckner piece that he had for Father's Day, absolutely fantastic. I'm going to stop talking because I want to welcome in Bienvenido, James Boyd. James, thank you for joining us. Muchas gracias. Thank you for having me. Um, obviously, it's been a whirlwind of an offseason I feel like with things <laughs> happening left and right so when you reached out I was very glad to accommodate you like you said Zach Kiefer's been promoted he left me he ditched me but no he's a great dude uh helped me prepare a lot for the role that I'm going to be in now and so I'm excited for a year or two on the beat as we get used to or get acclimated to a new quarterback a new coach and just a new vibe and era around the team and you're saying and you said three quarterback I, I mean three coaches is since you joined the beat <laughs> and uh i mean gosh three coaches i i stopped counting on quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. uh, i just i mean how much are you looking forward to just having them one and and actually can you give me an idea kind of like what it's been like with shane steichen taking over yeah obviously last season with the colts was a whirlwind truly you know it was a running joke that Everything that Zach Kiefer told me, Stephen Holder, Mike Chappell, all the other guys on the beat, they lied because everyone's like, oh, this is how the NFL is going to go. This is how Frank Reich is. This is how the team is going to be. And, you know, that did not happen. So I was kind of thrown in the fire from that perspective. A lot of different coaches, different quarterbacks, players being injured in and out of the lineup. And so going into this year is a lot more stability, um, a lot more new energy around the team. And then Shane Steichen, he is truly – all about football. I mean, he gives probably the shortest press conference answers because it's straight to the point. It is no fluff. And I think, you know, as a writer, you would love to have the more colorful answers and the more details. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, the guy doesn't BS you. He gets straight to the point. So I definitely appreciate that. And so he's been really 
Um, cool to work with so far. It was really cool to see him get emotional on that first date when he got hired, talking about his family, how he got there. But ever since then, he's been stone-faced and very detail-oriented, according to all the players and coaches he's you know been around. You know, I think one of the things that um, that that um, has actually a lot of people in the fantasy community really excited about him coming on as a coach is the work he did with J Justin Herbert uh, with the Chargers, kind of when he threw him into the fire and he became you know, 4,500 yard passer. And then kind of the development of Jalen Hurts into a, into a uh, top flight pass, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Now you got Anthony Richardson adding him AR 15 as he as as he was, as he was well called uh, kind of working, working that uh, working into that, obviously raw, you know, I mean, I, I'd say raw clay, but man, this guy is granite. This guy is just, uh, you know, one of the most I mean, it is the most spectacular athlete to ever uh, play quarterback. Can, can you kind of like foresee a little bit like what uh, kind of like him adapting to that new new offense uh, with with Steichen kind of growing him up in this first year? Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is he's dropped the AR-15 nickname. He's AR-5 now. Um, he did mention it, I believe, for you I read it, but he was basically saying he doesn't want to be associated with that because of what's going on in our country and things like that. So I salute him to even have the awareness to do something like that and obviously try to point everything that he's doing in a positive direction. But as far as his acclamation to the offense with Shane Steichen, it was funny talking to him because he's like, yeah, the playbook's a lot bigger than it was at Florida. You know what I mean? So he was um, you know, pretty candid about how difficult it is to perform at this level. He was even saying – the jump he made from rookie minicamp to OTAs was different. He's like, man, I'm out there and I'm running. And, you know, in the past, I could outrun this guy on the edge. And now this guy's chasing me down. Or, you know, I could throw this pass here and I could be fine. But in the NFL, the window's a lot smaller. And you got to be quicker. You got to be more timed up with things. And so he's uh, getting adjusted, I would say, pretty well. There's been ups and downs. My biggest takeaway from his performance in particular is that he does things in practice, at least the practices we've been in, well, he'll have usually the best throw, the best play of the day, but then the overall day is kind of up and down. And that kind of gives you a glimpse of where he is and what you would expect from a player who only started 13 games in college, obviously has all the physical gifts in the world, but just doesn't have the experience and the resume to kind of back it up. And so I think he's doing okay so far. Shane Steichen seems to be pleased with his progress, but obviously there's a lot of room to grow for sure. And I think he recognizes that. Shane Steichen recognizes that. And I don't expect um, him to be Jalen Hurts, you know, uh, Super Bowl, you know, uh, quarterback and things like that in year one. I think we should go back and look at 2021 when Jalen Hurts was kind of struggling and people were questioning, is he a starter in, in the NFL? And see how they, the offense operated back then, how Shane Steichen really had it as a run-heavy offense, sprinkling on some passing plays to make him feel comfortable, but it was enough to make the offense competent. And then he took that massive jump. So I think that you can kind of see a similar blueprint. I think it'll take longer but just because, you know, you got kind of forget that, not forget, but Jalen Hurts was a winner in college, won a lot, played a lot, you know, played at the highest level in college. And I think with Anthony Richardson, it's a little bit different, right? He's kind of only had that, like that flash in the pan, and then now he's in the NFL. So I would imagine it takes a couple of years for him to get up to the level that they think that he can get to. But there are promising signs. And like I said, he always makes a play here or there where you're like, man, if it all comes together, you know, you feel pretty good about that. And again, like you said, 
Shane Steichen has worked with a variety of quarterbacks, most recently Jalen Hurts. And I think he was brought in and hired to nurture a new quarterback. And now that he's here, I expect it to continue. And again, to have some growing pains, some ups and downs, but overall moving in the right direction. And, and, uh, you know, you're talking about the the 2021 uh, Jalen Hurts, which I think is actually a good. You, you mentioned the blueprint, um, heavy. You know, really heavy on the running game. Uh, you know, kind of maybe even look at Jamar Lamar Jackson, his rookie year. So, uh, where where is is that kind of like can can we expect that kind of scheme really heavy on the runs with a lot of with a lot of QB with a lot of QB runs, which as, as fantasy managers, uh, people love that. People love it when quarterbacks run. Yeah, for sure. I think we could expect that. I'm not saying he's going to drop back and run 10 times a game, but I do think there's going to be an element of that. You know, even just seeing him in practice, there's a few drills that he would do where he'd do an RPO and the other quarterbacks either didn't do it or didn't do as many reps because we know realistically of the three quarterbacks the Colts have, you know, alongside Anthony Richardson, Gardner Minshew, Sam Ellinger, the one who's most likely to run in the game for a first down or pull it and, you know, go outside and things like that is Anthony Richardson. And so I would expect fantasy owners to be really, really excited about that. You know, he's not, a, but again, he's not a finished product. So you probably can't like bank on him. Okay. I know he's going to get me this many yards every single game just yet, but there is that element of there. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he gets a significant amount of playing time this season and he does break a couple long runs because his straight line speed is insane. He doesn't have the wiggle like Lamar. I don't think anybody does. Lamar is a genie as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, when he's out there, a wizard. But if he gets north and south, he's gone. Like, he's got that breakaway speed. He's got that, you know, four, four speed at 240. So if you miss, you know, good luck catching him. And I think that that's an element that the Colts just haven't had. And it's really started to be a trend in the NFL. Because even last season when they played in New York against uh, – or in New Jersey, because I always – I'm on a tangent, you know, because they're, they're the Giants and Desert Liars. They play in New Jersey, not New York. But playing at MetLife, we saw what Daniel Jones did carving up the Colts' defense. And I'm sure that was a huge fantasy day for him. And I think that sort of blueprint, that sort of offense is what you would like to see from, from Anthony Richardson in the future. And, uh, you know, he's going off as the quarterback 11 in underdog drafts. So he's going in the in the high 90s. So people are definitely excited. I mean, you know, in 12 team leagues, they're expecting that he's going to be a guy that is going to is going to come in and start for fantasy teams. So uh, which I, I love it. I'm I'm kind of I, I, I've I've been warning people and you can tell me if I'm if I'm wrong. There are going to be there are going to be ups and downs. <laughs> there are going to be some there are going to be some there are going to be some great like you mentioned, some plays and some games where it's just like it's out of this world. And there's going to be some there's going to be some learning moments. So uh, I, can you kind of foresee that a little bit, too? Sometimes? Oh, absolutely. From what I've noticed in practice and again, we haven't seen every practice. We were there for one mm -hmm. time a week during OTAs. So I do two days of minicamp out there for rookie minicamp as well. But usually when he misses, he misses high. That mm -hmm. seems to be a tendency of his. And so he has to get his footwork down. His throwing motion, like everything waist up is good. You know, obviously you have to get the decision making down and things like that and learning the offense. But just physically waist up, he's fine. It's the feet. It's making sure that the feet line up with the shoulders, the elbow, things like that to make sure the ball goes where you want it to go. Because he'll have, you know, two or three brilliant throws. And then he'll have two or three where you're like, how did you miss that? You know, if it's a short out route and you one hopped it or if it's it's a deep ball and you just uncorked it and it's not even close. And so those are the things he has to work on. I'm sure there's going to be growing pains and this league humbles everybody. So it's not 
me hating on him or anything like that. You could come in and be Andrew Luck. You could come in and be, you know, Peyton Manning. You could come in and be quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, who are like great from the start and still get humbled by the NFL because it's the NFL's the highest level. And I do think, and we'll see how it really plays out, but I think there's a certain element of opposing players who want to humble him because they hear all the hype. You know, you, you know, as a competitor, if you're going out there and everyone's telling you, all oh, this kid's going to be a top five player in the league, he's the next this, he's the next that, you want to shut it down and be like, not against us? And so I think there's going to be a certain level of players getting up to play against him and humble him and show him that it's not going to be as easy as it was maybe in high school or at Florida where he alluded to some of the things he could do he can't get away with now. So I'm excited to see that, but I definitely would caution all the fantasy fans out there, Colts fans out there, just football fans in general. It's going to be, you know, a lot of good and a lot of bad because it's just what it is right now with the guy who's so raw, so talented, but again, so raw. And I and I remember Peyton Manning's rookie year. I mean, he led the league in he led the league in interceptions. In fact, in fact, I still think he holds the rookie record for interceptions. So it's that second year. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm glad you, I'm glad you confirmed my uh, what, what I what I was thinking. So uh, another player that that really is um, is really intriguing, Jonathan Taylor, JT. Um, you know, had ankle surgery after last season. I mean, it was famous for never even missing a practice. So, I mean, I think, I think in the fantasy community, people have gotten a little bit, I think they've gotten a little overboard and uh, he's dropping down in the second round of drafts, which I, I think is uh, a little too much, but he's still, he still didn't participate in minicamp, but you know, he's, it's a contract year. It's a, it, it's a big year for him. What could be the outlook? I think JT will be fine. I do think that the ankle surgery back in January, he's just taking his time with it, being smart about it. I would be shocked if he isn't out there at training camp, maybe not at the beginning, but if he's just not out there, period, then, then you kind of get serious. Okay, what's going on? But I would expect him to be back around training camp, you know, just because, again, he's taking the time off, he's rehabbing, and it's not like he hasn't been around or anybody feels like it's this big, serious thing. It's not as mysterious in my mind as it is with Shaquille Leonard, and we'll probably get to him. But when it comes to JT, I think a lot is riding on this year. And because of that, I would expect a bounce back year from him. You know, he had a fluke injury last year with the ankle where, you know, he got hurt, came back, had a good game against the Raiders, and then kind of got rolled up on again. And so as long as he can stay healthy, he's going to be a big focal point in this offense. And I would expect it to even be more enticing to draft a guy like him because they're going to feature him, I think, even more because of the RPO, you know, if you were standing back there and you have to, you know, account for Anthony Richardson and JT and figure out who's going to get the ball, there's going to be a few times where, you know, it looks like AR pulls it and he doesn't, and he hands it off to a top five running back in the NFL. And he reminds you of what he is. And so I would expect JT to bounce back this season, you know, and I think when you have a season like he had in 2021, you can't just write that off. It wasn't just a good season. It was, arguably the greatest season in franchise history for running back in a Colts uniform. And they had some really great ones here, as you know. And so I would expect JT to um, be hungry to prove himself because of the contract situation as well. You know, he wants to get an extension done, I would imagine, before the season starts. But if this lingers into the season, I think it's an opportunity for him to be like, okay, you guys don't want to pay me just yet. I got to show you why you should. And so um, it, it sounds good with running backs. You know, the grass is a little bit greener and all the things like that. 
but that's usually for teams who have the quarterback position figured out. The Colts don't have that figured out just yet, and so I would expect Richardson to really lean on Taylor to help him develop and get more comfortable. And again, if you can hand it off to a guy who, in my opinion, is a home run hitter, a superstar, um, why not? And so, you know, JT's hungry. He won't say it because he's so polite, but I know he hears the chatter about can you be the same player again and things like that. And as a competitor, I have to imagine he wants to shut people up. He's still young. I mean, that's the 24. Thing. He's yes. old. He'll be fine. Like this isn't a you know 34-year-old running back coming off an ankle injury. I think he'll be fine. And I think a lot of it is precautionary, making sure, hey, you don't have to run him out here just now. Let's make sure you're fully healthy before you get out there. And he told me last season, you never feel as good as you do in a season as you do going into it. So let him get fully healthy because it's gonna be wear and tear from that point on, whether it's major or not. And I learned this just being around the team, being on the beat. You know, it takes a lot for these guys to play. And when they show up on the injury report, they're like really hurt because all of them are hurt after week one. And so I would expect him to go into the season fully healthy. That way he can deal with the little nicks and bruises and things like that. And obviously keep his ankle and his lower body healthy. And um, again, bounce back. And even also making sure that he finds the end zone again and things like that. Because, I mean, it was weird kind of seeing JT have some pretty good games in certain instances, but then not find the end zone and not find the pylon. And I would expect that to change um, this season, especially if the offensive line with the new offensive line coach, Tony Sperano Jr., can kind of get themselves together and just be average, in my opinion. You don't have to be great. don't have to be, you know, Philly. You just have to be average. And then when you have an above-average running back behind you, he can do some things sometimes to get you out of a jam. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, one other thing that I, I just had a thought while you were talking with with Anthony Richardson, possibly, you know, kind of seeing a spy uh, from a, does that, you know, one guy that's kind of pay, pay more attention. Does I mean, is, that's one less guy for Jonathan Taylor to have to have to be. Absolutely. And I think it works well for him, too. The thing that I talked to Shane Steichen about, I asked him about this, but defenses have to basically be aware like having a dual threat quarterback and then a dynamic running back back there behind him helps so much because even though defenses are still going to you know play you tough and try to confuse you the amount of things they can do to scheme up against you gets limited because they have to make sure they have an extra guy to account for the quarterback and the running back because if you don't you know AR is just going to take off you know if you leave the middle of the field open and you're in cover two and you drop them both deep and nobody's in the middle He's going to just step up and run, you know, for 30 yards. And the same thing with Jonathan Taylor. It's you have to make sure you have a person that accounts for Anthony Richardson. Like you said, that's an extra lid that they have to, um, you know, deal with. And it changes the math a little bit. And again, if you give Jonathan Taylor an advantage in blockers, he can usually make one or two guys miss and then he's gone. And so I would expect him to really um, have those opportunities this year as Anthony Richardson gets more and more acclimated to the offense feels more comfortable. And again, there's just certain plays where you look at the great players and you're like, you know what? That wasn't a scheme thing. That wasn't a scouting thing. That wasn't a play call. It was just my guy's better than your guy. And usually Jonathan Taylor, when healthy, is just better than the other guy. Yeah, I did. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, love it. Uh, let, let's jump to the receivers real quick. Michael Pittman is, um, you know, he, he, 
he really took a big step forward in his second year. Last year, I think some people may look at it as a step backward, but still had 99 receptions. And uh, the wide receiver, the wide receiver room, Alec Pierce going into his second year, Josh Downs. Can you kind of give me a little bit of idea on the pecking order uh, on the receiver group? Yeah, I still think it's Michael Pittman Jr. as wide receiver one. Now, is he wide receiver one money-wise in the NFL? That's a whole discussion for Chris Ballard to figure out. But for fantasy purposes, yes, he will be the top wide out on the Colts. And I would expect him to get the most targets because he's the most versatile, um, catches everything in his path, physical receiver, and is usually pretty durable. Alec Pierce, wide receiver two, I would expect. I'm very curious to see how many jump balls he gets because that is Anthony Richardson's sort of calling card right now. He's pretty accurate on the deeper throws. It's the intermediate and the shorter throws that he needs work with. But his accuracy actually jumps pretty you know, significantly when he throws the ball down the field. And Alec Pierce is someone who has that wide catch radius where he can go up and get you know, certain balls if it isn't exactly you know, in the breadbasket. And then the sleeper for me, especially in fantasy, is Josh Downs. No matter if it's Anthony Richardson starting a quarterback, Gardner Minshew, I think that Josh Downs just changes that wide receiver rooms and gives them a new flavor because he's what Jim Bob Cooter, the offensive coordinator, called a mismatch. You know, if you put them on a linebacker, they're too slow. You know, put them on a quarterback, they might the cornerback, they might be um, too slow as well, a little too big. He has that wiggle and that you know change in pace and things like that to just get open. And I think that's why Reggie Wayne vouched for him so much throughout the combine. You know, Reggie Wayne is a technician. He appreciates the details, and Josh Downs is really big on the details. And you know, we didn't get a chance to see him in OTAs and in minicamp, better in minicamp because of a knee injury, but in rookie minicamp. He was lighting it up. It seemed like every time a ball went across the middle, a shallow crossing route, anything just that would move the chains, it was him. And so I think that he's going to be a chain mover for this offense because, again, he's really hard to guard. And it's funny because he's a smaller guy. He's only five foot eight, but he plays big, plays physical, and he's sort of like a little water bug. You see him kind of wiggle, and then we would kind of you know be on the side like, okay, who caught that? And you pop up, it's number one you know, who caught it. And so I would expect him to be a big part of the offense, especially with Anthony Richardson if he's back there, because I think that Josh Downs can give him that sort of security blanket, that check down that, okay, all my other reads are kind of, you know, been accounted for, but I know this guy is going to at least give me something, five, six yards. And I would not be surprised if he has some games where he can, you know, get north of 60, 70 yards because he's just, you know, dinking and dunking and kind of taking those chunk plays out of the defense to continue to move the chains. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. That's right. And you pointed out, you pointed out Pittman is going into a contract here this year as well. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got to be hungry. Right. And I think he wants to prove that he is a wide receiver one. He is one of the best in the NFL. And it's, it's a double edged sword for him because on one hand you want to get paid, you want to get your security. But on the other hand, it's like, you haven't been able to prove it because of the revolving door at quarterback. You know, it's been tough to um, deal with that. I mean, in three years he's had, I believe more than five quarterbacks throw to him in a game. And so that's something where I don't care who you are. It's hard to sustain a certain level of excellence. And even last year for him to have 99 catches and not break a thousand yards just speaks to how they couldn't push the ball down the field. And so that has to be enticing to the fantasy owners out there because you're thinking, okay, you got Anthony Richardson in there. Even if Gardner Minshew starts a few games, you have someone who can at least throw the ball forward because last year with, you know, with Matt Ryan and a few others, Sam Ellinger, it was tough because 
I mean, Nick Foles, you couldn't throw the ball down the field. It was always dinking and dunking. And, you know, obviously that's not going to really uh, do too much for you in fantasy unless you're getting in the end zone. And so I would expect uh, the ball to be pushed more down the field, especially in a Shane Steichen offense, which is known for taking some of those wiser shots. You know, it's not every, you know, series, every play, but there is a nice healthy dose of sprinkled in shots throughout the game. And that's what kind of made that Philly offense really special. And uh, also the Philly offense, I'd like to emphasize the tight end. I mean, we got Jelani Woods going into his second year and Mo Ali Cox, uh, you know, in case anybody hasn't heard, he used to play basketball. Uh, <laughs> so often, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but uh, either one or, and, um, you know, the tight end position is in, in fantasy is so, uh, you know, there's, it's so top heavy. Could either one, you know, get enough volume to possibly, you know, be more than like, um, you know, an occasional starter. I think Jelani Woods might, and that's a big, if just because I haven't seen him, he was, like I said, he was unhealthy mm. throughout OTAs and, and, and mini camp, better mini camp. So you didn't get a chance to see him really be out there with, you know, his future quarterback with the ones and things like that. But just given his frame, his size, his speed, I have to think that Shane Steichen looks at him and says, oh, man, we got something here. Because there were flashes last year where you could really feature him, and he's another mismatch guy. You know, he's faster than a lot of linebackers, but he's also bigger than a lot of cornerbacks. So if you put him in certain situations, it's his ball or nobody else's most of the time, right? And so I would expect him to be, in my opinion, I probably have him number one on my depth chart, Right now, just because of his skill set. Now, we have to see how it plays out in training camp. You got to earn your keep here in the NFL, obviously. But just given on paper what he can do and what I've seen from him and what Shane Steichen likes to do with tight ends, I would think he, if there is going to be a tight end that kind of rises above the rest of them and, and kind of gives some oomph to these fantasy owners, I think he would be the one to pick because he's so versatile. You know, And then you, you don't feel like you're at a disadvantage when he's out there just blocking. So you can keep him out there on the blocking downs. And then there's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be certain plays where he trots out there and lines up on the end and goes out there to block and slips behind somebody. And, you know, you got a first down for 20 yards because he can catch it and run. So I'm very excited to see the creativity. Everyone talks about what Shane Steichen can do with the quarterbacks, but that creativity also with a player like him at tight end. And uh, you touched on the offensive line needing, you know, kind of just get back to the middle because it was it, it was rough going last year. And yes. it, this was a unit that was expected to be one of the best in the NFL. PFF still has them ranked number 10 going into the, the 2023 season. Um, uh, you know, you mentioned a new offensive line coach. I'm a big offensive line guys, as you can as you can probably tell. <laughs> is, th is this going to be a group that that um, that takes that step forward and gets back to? Uh, where it was before last season man I bet the Colts hope you know that that's the case but I truly don't know I was asked about the offensive line I believe on a radio show not too long ago and I was like I can't answer that because no one's hitting anybody that's the only group you can't really know how they're progressing at all I mean you don't put too much stock into anything you see right now in June but you really don't put any stock into that because they're not hitting anybody there's no pads really but I do think that they have a lot of faith in Tony Sperano Jr which is why I think they didn't really address the offensive line maybe as much as I thought they would after last season. You know, they drafted Blake Freeland. He's a good insurance policy, but they're going to roll with the same fight they had at the end of last season and just hope that they can be better. And to me, again, I think that unit isn't going to be the best offensive line in the NFL. Like I'm not expecting to go from 
last place to first place, worst to first. But to me, to ask Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, and others to be better and to be average. Now, as a coach, you're not asking them to do that. But as a fan, as a, a person interested in the team, asking them to be just average middle of the pack is, is reasonable, in my opinion, given just their drop off last year. So I would expect them to bounce back, you know, but again, we have to see it. And I think our first opportunities to see that will be some of those joint practices with Philly, Chicago, and then going into preseason. And then obviously the real thing starts and you wonder, okay, this could be a position where it comes back to bite you. Like it did last season. We were kind of yeah. warning, you know, Hey, Chris Ballard, you haven't done anything with the offensive line. Is it something you're going to, you know, regret down the line? And he expected the young guys to step up and they really didn't. It didn't all kind of click. You know, they rotated so many different offensive line units early in the season they found their five. They played better towards the end of last season. So if they can carry that over to this season, again, get some new juice, some new philosophy in there with Tony Serrano Jr., I would expect them to at least be average and therefore better than last year. Oh, I love the insight. I love the insight, mi amigo. Thank you so much. I want to go to the other side of the ball real quick, um, not specifically to be a fantasy defense to draft, but how does this defense uh, – Kind of the, how, how does it how does it look you know run, going against the run going against the pass um, we could start against the run obviously DeForest Buckner is still a force there on the on the D line but you mentioned uh, Shaq Leonard not not knowing how how do they shape up against the run Yeah I think their run defense is going to be pretty solid still I mean you got Grover Stewart you know mm-hmm. in there you got DeForest Buckner in there you got some DNs that you feel like you believe in with Dial and Quiddy going into their third seasons. And so I would expect them to be pretty stout up front, even Adi Tamawa, Adabare out of Northwestern. He's a physical freak, you know, the only guy in, you know, combine history to run sub four or five at 280 plus pounds, which is insane. Imagine that guy running at you, my man. Like that's uh, that's pretty scary. So I would expect them to be pretty stout when it comes to the run still. But the trade-off is that their secondary is really not the same as last year, not up to that level, in my opinion, because you traded away Stephon Gilmore. You know, Rodney McLeod Jr. is now with the Cleveland Browns. He was really good last year. You know, you have some young guys that you're going to feel good about. Rodney Thomas is second coming back. Julian Blackman being back there. So you feel okay. But then the elephant in the room is the cornerback position. You know, we know what the situation is going on with Isaiah Rogers Sr. with the alleged um, gambling violation. He hasn't been with the team. He hasn't been officially suspended. But he hasn't been with the team, and I can't imagine that he will be until the NFL settles um, this investigation and figures out, you know, if he did this, if he didn't do this, what did he do specifically, and things like that. And so that hurts. And then, you know, that leaves Kenny Moore the second as the only true veteran in that room. And I can't imagine that a defense that has Stephon Gilmore win him three out of the four games last year with last-second deflections is going to be better without him and without, you know, Isaiah Rogers, who – would have been most likely, you know, again, if he's suspended or out, would have been a starter, you know, and things like that. And, and so, and again, Rodney McLeod, who I believe was one of the most underrated safeties last year, he was really good in the run. You know, he was one of the few defensive backs who was, you know, getting up and really stopping the ball and, and, and making sure that things did not get out of hand. And so losing potentially, we know two of those guys are already gone, and potentially three, I think that defense is really going to struggle on the back end. And therefore, maybe make the running defense maybe not as stout as it was because they're going to get tired. You know, it's tough to be out there and they're throwing all over you and and things like that. So um, I would expect the defense to take a step back, not be as good as it was last year, especially in the first half. I mean, the first half of the season, they were lights out. 
Yeah. Um, I would not expect that again. I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains, especially in that secondary, um, where maybe you know teams like Cincinnati and uh, you know the, the Baltimore Ravens and teams that can really throw at Jacksonville, they're going to have their way because although you want these young guys to get experience, they don't have it yet, and you got to get humbled. Um, and I'm not sure how much I trust you know Jamar Chase to be slowed down by some of the guys they have available to, to, to guard him when they play, play them in Cincinnati this year. So we'll see how it goes. Oh man. Oh, mi amigo. This is, this has been awesome. I, I love, I, lo I loved every second of this. Uh, and we're going to love every second of what's going to, what's going to come next. Cause we're going to close out with the fun one. Uh, you mentioned that you've had, you've had some experience with Mexican food. I want to know what, what are some of your favorites? I'm a steak burrito, um, you know, Type of guy, steak fajita. I'll eat anything though with Mexican food, as long as it's not too spicy. Like I didn't grow up like that, so I'm like, man, some of this food y'all gonna have me in pain. I'm like, I'll take some spice, but who, man, I can't do like, <laughs> you know, the, the the hottest salsa and things like that. But I definitely enjoy the food. Um, like I said, I feel like a steak burrito always gets me right. Tacos is never a bad um, option. Fajitas, um, enchiladas, basically anything oh, yes. that has uh, an A on the end. I'm with it. You know, uh, <laughs> it's got an uh on the end. It's usually pretty good for me. And um, being skinny and being able to eat whatever I want, I never turn it down. So definitely grateful for the Mexican meals I've had, you know, throughout the years and looking forward to plenty more, especially as we uh, get on the road, you know, go to different cities. When you go down south, usually it's pretty good. When I worked in the NBA, it was awesome getting Mexican food like in San Antonio oh, and yes. other places because you just know it's right so close, right? And so it felt authentic and it felt really good. And I enjoy those foods a lot, man. It's, it's definitely a good time whenever it's Mexican food. That's my favorite for sure. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to recommend two more odds for you. Uh, carnitas. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's a personal favorite and birria. Uh, which okay, is, okay. Uh, it's another, it's another good one. They're both, uh, the carnitas, uh, is, is, you know, it's, it's the deep fried pork and it's, uh, it's, it's so good. And it's, uh, not too spicy. The birria can be, depending on how it's made, can be spicy <laughs> and that's naturally done, but usually you just add a little onion and cilantro on it. And it's just uh, perfect. Um, I love uh, like mom and pop shops, whether it's oh, here yes. in Indy, Chicago, where they've owned it forever. And maybe the chairs don't look as great or the signs worn out. Best food every single time. Absolutely. Don't got to change it. Okay. So I definitely enjoy that. And again, like supporting local business, people who have been doing it forever is always uh, fun too. So when you get a chance to support that, and maybe it's a little bit more expensive, it's worth it every single time. Oh man. And this has been worth it every single time, every single second. Uh, James, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I pump anything you want right now. Please oh. feel free. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at Romeoville Kid. Same thing on Instagram, TikTok. I'm hoping to do some day in the life things this upcoming season to kind of show you all what it is to be a reporter and the behind the scenes that kind of comes with it. I get a lot of questions like, do you travel with the team? What does your game day look like? Um, where do you sit during the game? How do you do when you go in the locker room and things like that? So I'll try to be more cognizant of just showing people what the job is actually like, how cool it is. And then um, I got some stories up my sleeve. Just stay tuned on that. But I got some exciting things coming for the athletic, even during this lull. So I'll be able to kind of hunker down and focus on some bigger pieces that I'm excited about. And I'm definitely thrilled to get the ball rolling on that. I know I'm supposed to take time off. I will. But there's always that little thing in the back of my mind, like, what about this story? What about this? I can't turn it off completely. So <laughs> I'm excited about it. You know, I'll recharge here during this break and then get ready for training camp. Be out there with my uh, 
I need a sombrero or something because I'll be out there with my hat on getting getting tan and getting dark. So I'm excited for that and just to get out back out there in Westfield and get ready for year two. You know, AR is going into his rookie season. Me and Alec are going into year two. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> oh, man, this is this has been awesome. Yes. I mean, the athletic is always great to, to I've been a subscriber for more than four years and uh, I don't see it ending because it's it, it's phenomenal so insight cool. that we get from from people like James. So, amigo, thank you so much for for doing this. And Familia, thank you for joining us. Also making sure you get out to YouTube. Yeah. Familia FFB. Give us that thumbs up. Get, hit that subscriber button. Por favor, it keeps us growing and keeps us coming back and keep doing this great uh, this great content like this with with great writers like james and again one more time familia 23 familia 23 when you go to underdog.com you're going to get matched up to your first hundred dollars and uh also if you want to listen to this on audio you can get this on spotify google apple wherever you get your podcast thank you for to spotify for podcasters for putting us out there and also lastly keep going back to familiafb.com uh you know, I'm going to be keep, keep pumping our, uh, the content that I have out there. It's getting ready to, to for fantasy season, familia. The, the football season's coming. That means uh, fantasy. So just enjoy this. And I've just thoroughly enjoyed this, uh, James, one more time. And to you, everybody, muchas gracias. Todos somos familia. Salud.